Welcome back to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today I have a special guest joining me, Amberly Neese, to discuss the topic of loving others despite our differences. And wow, isn't that very relevant right now? So whether it's in politics, the professional world, a party or a pew, we face conflict every day. And as discussions get more heated and social media is deluged with opinions, spewing hurt feelings and broken relationships, we need hope. Yes, we do. And practical tools to navigate the tumultuous waters and live at peace with everyone. So fortunately for us, the scriptures hold the key to living at peace despite our differences. So in her new Bible study called Common Ground, Amberly combines stories of sibling rivalries from the Bible with personal experience, humor, hope, and her love of God's word. These stories point us to peace and reconciliation in all our relationships, reassuring us that it is possible to find common ground with everyone despite our differences. So we will get started after a note from our sponsor. We still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with Christian counselors. It's all online. It's via Zoom. You can pick who you want your counselor to be. Very reputable. They all have counseling degrees. So this isn't like some random on the internet. My mom kind of has a personal testimony to it. Yes. So I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling. And what I really loved about it was that you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor and specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call, whatever works best for you. And so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you, when you need it, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if you guys want 10% off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time, and you get 10% off your first month. And of course it is cheaper than traditional in-person counseling anyway. So overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it, but let's just get on to the podcast. Oh, Well, one other thing, too, is that you have the option of with your counselor that they are Christian counselors. And so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. Our guest today, Amberly Neese, is a speaker, humorist, and encourager with a passion for inspiring others. I love that. As a featured speaker for the Aspire Women's Events and the main host, comedian for Marriage Date Night, 
two popular Christian events that tour nationally. She enjoys touching the hearts and minds and funny bones of people all over the country. The Bible says that laughter is good medicine, and she has found it's also like glue, helping the truths of God's word to stick. Amberly loves to remind women of the power and hope found in scripture. Through a flair for storytelling and a love for Jesus, she candidly opens up her story alongside God's word to encourage others in their walk with him. Welcome, Amberly. I'm so glad you're here. I am so excited to be here. First of all, Mentor Mama, I love the fact that you've taken this beautiful combination uh, to the next level. When you talk about God's word and coffee, come on. I mean, yes. it doesn't get any better than that. It's like the land of milk and honey and creamer all at the same time. I love yep. it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And I want to talk about this topic uh, of your book, Common Ground. And I think for everyone these days, um, we are just challenged and faced with um, differences and how they rise to the surface. What I love about your book is that you turn it into a positive and you take God's word and use it to encourage us and equip us. So I want to start out with... These days, you know, it seems like people argue just for the sake of arguing rather than trying to find common ground. So what are your theories on why every topic seems to be so polarizing? Ooh, well, I will be honest. I think, um, I mean, this sounds like a weird analogy, but when you, when there are interviews done of people who have survived a shipwreck, they will talk about the fact that in a time of instability, they will hold on to anything to stay afloat. And I think sometimes in the crazy of every day, in the discord of every day, the political tumult and the societal tumult, I think we hold on to something and we hold on to it hard. And in the process, oftentimes we're holding on to opinions or to things that don't necessarily last, but we want to hold on to them with everything in hopes that um, it it gets us to safety. But the problem is in trying to deal with other people and trying to navigate those waters with other people, um, we, we lose sometimes what is right and what is true and what is excellent and what is praiseworthy. And so that's that I wrote the I wrote this uh, Bible study in um, in the fall of 2020 when I felt like it was a fevered pitch of yes. discord, and I think people hold on tight to uh, to things and then they start unfriending and canceling and being unkind and saying really rotten things to others, um, and I it, it makes me sad because I think we we should reach out and offer offer help. Uh, but we don't always do that. Yeah. So the would you say the advent of social media has just oh. exploded this? Because I mean, back in my day, when I was, you know, in school, there was no such thing. We didn't even have cell phones. So <laughs> agreed. Oh, I uh, absolutely agree. Well, and oftentimes, at least um, where I was, there would be there would certainly be, um, you know, disagreements, but we handled it in the sandpit or we handled it after class or we handled it, it was just different. And although there was certainly, you know, gossip and other ways that we would um, hurt other people, it is so 
blatant these days that strangers speak into our lives. You know, once you put yourself out on social media, it's like you sign a permission slip to say, hey, anybody who has an opinion on me, go ahead and bring it. And it's it is disheartening to watch uh, all the crazy happen. And so I think that's why we need to go back to what is right and true and excellent and praiseworthy, which is God's word and try to find some hope in that. And so with common ground with this Bible study, when I was really praying like, Lord, what can, like, what is true? What can we hold on to? What can we look at? What practical way can we see to love others? Well, despite our differences And what came to me were these sibling relationships in the Bible, these some rivalries, some friendships, but how do we work together with brothers and sisters in Christ? Well, using their example, good and bad, um, to, to help us find peace in all of it. Ah, that's so awesome. So tell us a little bit about the four pairs of biblical siblings um, that you chose for this book? Who are they and what lessons can we learn? Absolutely. Well, most of the characters I think are ones that, uh, w- you know, with whom we're, most of us are familiar, which is great. I, I love me some familiar stories. Um, but the, it's a four week Bible study. So each of the weeks is a different, um, sibling relationship. The first off we start with Joseph and his brothers and the whole, com- all the, like the crux of that is combating je- jealousy. Um, when we look at their relationship, we saw a lot of the brothers talking about Joseph, but not to Joseph. And so one of the things that we can do is, again, it's really easy to say mean things on social media and talk about somebody. But um, in order for us to find that peace, that that uh, connection, what we need to recognize is that um, we need to know a person. We need to connect with them and to combat any jealousy we might be feeling, because oftentimes that's really what's standing in our way of a friendship or a connection with this person is our own brokenness and our own jealousy. Mm-hmm. And we saw it in the example of Joseph and his brothers, and we certainly can see it in our lives as well. I'm actually, if I'm going to be honest with you, we've known each other for about 12 minutes now. Mm-hmm. So you don't know me too well, mentor mom, but you will. <laughs> I will tell you that um, I am most judgmental of others in the areas that I struggle. Like my sin Mm. issues is where I'm mostly, I'll think, wow, that person is so prideful. They're so prideful. They're so caught up in themselves. Guess what? (laughs) Of the seven deadly sins that I deal with the most pride. Um, And so, and so it's just getting real with Jesus about the areas in which we struggle and then recognizing that our jealousy is stopping us from great fulfilling relationships with others. The second week is about Moses, Miriam, and Aaron. And again, characters with whom we are super familiar. Um, But how do we unpack? And there's a lot of scripture that week. There's a lot of looking at their lives and kind of unpacking their their dynamics. The truth is uh, they found a way to work together despite their differences. Three very different siblings with very different giftings. And yet God used them all in very mighty ways. And sometimes they handled that teamwork really well. And sometimes, especially um, Aaron and um, Miriam did not handle it well. And there were consequences for that. Mm-hmm. But how do, we, how do we figure out, how do we navigate working together and being on one another's team um, using their example? The third week is Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. 
And um, this particular week talks about appreciating the contributions of others. It's not just working together, but it's literally celebrating what the other person brings to the table. Um, I have amazing godly women in my life who are amazing at hospitality. I love that the scriptures say practice hospitality because I'm like, oh, good. I need, I can still practice because I have not nailed it. I'm so envious of people who can do that really well. And so I have two choices, bitter or better. You know, I can be bitter and say, oh, I can't believe that they, why did God give them that gift? And why didn't I need me? <laughs> or I can say, wow, I so appreciate that. Would you teach me? Can you help me? How can I, how can I translate that to my own life? And then finally, this last one is Rachel and Leah. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, they were one of, it was one of my least favorite stories because it just broke my heart. Mm-hmm. There are two women who were desperate for something. One was desperate for her husband's affection. The other was desperate for children. Yes. And in their desperation, they never once stopped and said, hey, we're sisters and we're in this together and we're sharing a lot and we, we, we can have each other's back. They chose instead to, um, to let that chasm just continue to grow and grow and grow. And so that last week is having compassion for the plight of others, knowing everyone is hurting on some level. So how can we have compassion for their plight, which will always bring us closer, not only to God, but to that other person. So we can indeed find common ground. Oh, yes. And truly, it seems like to overcome so many of these things in our own hearts, boy, for me, it just requires prayer because I can't do it on my own. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, I'm, I know that you love, you love so many people and you love them so well and you nailed it. Prayer is such an important part, but prayer takes humility. Prayer takes a willingness to, to say, Lord, I, I can't, I can't go any farther without you. I don't want to do this by myself. I I'm, I'm incapable of doing this on my own, but also it puts the needs of others first. And all of those things are woven into common ground because they are so critical. Um, so crucial when it comes to find, it's very hard to stay angry at somebody that we are really beseeching the Lord on their behalf. Mm. It's really hard to be jealous of somebody for somebody that we are really, you know, beseeching the Lord on their behalf. It's really hard to stay um, disconnected when we're really trying to connect people with God. And so that you, you nailed it. I can, I could also relate to your hospitality comment. Whereas I actually enjoy, like, I, I like hospitality, but when it comes to like the prep work of like getting everything done beforehand, I like become a crazy person. And I know my, both of my daughters have said to me like, mom, yeah, <laughs> if you go this crazy, why are you having company? And I like, totally. it'll all work out. It'll all work it, it out. Will. So actually um, my first book, uh, Belonging Project, I did a whole research study on hospitality and found out that the root word is like the same root, root word as hospital, which is great. But the root of that, actually the historical root of that is that the first century church, so that Acts, Acts 2 church, they would set up these safe houses in um, places where there was lots of crazy travel and people were in danger. And they would set up these houses for believers so that they could come and have a safe place. So it wasn't even, they weren't getting medical care and they may not have even been given, given a fancy meal, right? They were just a safe place. And so for me, I take great pleasure and um, comfort in the fact that I may not make the best meal and my house may not, you know, sparkle and shine, 
But if I can just be a safe place for somebody, if I can just be where would help them uh, deal with the storm they're going through, I think that that is the most glorious way to show hospitality. So I, I may just be letting myself off the hook. I mean, just, <laughs> no, just no. Buying. <laughs> and actually, I mean, that's been a really area of growth for me personally in that I've had to let those things go because I've realized that what is most important is the people that I have in my home. I want them to feel seen and heard. Yes. Like I want, that's what I want my focus to be on and not whether there's, you know, a bin of unfolded laundry sitting over there and yeah. And don't you think on some level, um, maybe you can relate to this, but sometimes it's that unfolded laundry that when somebody comes, they say, oh, she's relatable. Yeah. She's my people, you know, like, uh, and they can connect. If your house is always, you know, in perfect order, then they may say, wow, it's like a museum, but they, they, they won't say, wow, it feels like a safe place. You yeah. know what I mean? So there's sometimes that I just feel like, oh, you know what? God bless the unfolded laundry. Yeah. God bless the dishes in the sink. God bless the whatever. Mm-hmm. And God bless the person who comes to my house who just needs a friend. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. truly. All right. Well, I, I want to talk about the alternative to hashing out differences on someone's social media post is to unfollow or unfriend or snooze a friend for 30 days. There's so many things now that you can do. It's crazy. True. Um, but is that really a better solution to conflict when someone is truly a friend and not just an acquaintance? Like how has this whole world of Facebook friending and unfriending and friendship in general, but I'd love for you to dig into that a little bit. Well, even this morning I was reading, um, John 13, 34 and 35, where Jesus says, you know, this new command I give you love one another. He says it three times in those two verses, which, you know, it's like big deal if he says this and, um, you know, people who love one another don't bail. They aren't unkind. We have this silly thing when our son was really young, he's a, he's very much a truth speaker. And so some of the people on social media will just say, I just, I'm telling you the truth. And I get that. I I appreciate truth speakers. I do thankful that Jesus came in truth and grace. Right. So I feel like there's a balance, but our son, who's definitely a truth speaker when he was really little, we had this little, like, uh, I don't know, code in our house where I would say, Hey brother, are you packing heat? And that didn't mean, do you have a gun? It would, is what you're saying helpful? Is it encouraging is it absolutely necessary? And is it thankful? So that was the filter before he said something, before he spoke truth. Is it helpful in this situation? Is it encouraging to the other person who'll be hearing it? Is it absolutely necessary? Because sometimes it is superfluous and still hurts feelings. And is it thankful for that, for the other person? And um, although he will probably roll his eyes and he may be in therapy over it someday, the truth <laughs> is, I think we could all learn from that. Is what we're about to say packing heat, whether it's the initial post or is it in a response to a post? Um, Yes, we have been charged to speak the truth, but we've also been charged to speak the truth in love. And that's what we need to look at is I'm all good with you calling a spade a spade, a sin a sin, an issue an issue. I'm, I'm great with those things. But the question is, are you doing it in such a way that that person is going to be encouraged to turn toward, toward God or, um, away from God? Yes. And, um, and that's a hard one. And have I had my feelings hurt? Oh 
my goodness. Because like I said, people feel like, oh, well, she's put herself out there. So here's an arrow. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've, I've had uh, just recently had a longtime friend, somebody who sang in our wedding, who said, because you refuse to um, carry the mantle for my, my, uh, my particular thing, mm-hmm. um, I can't support you. I'm like, I've not said anything unkind or I, I, I truly believe I've created through it. I don't feel like I did anything wrong, but his expectations of me, I didn't meet them. And he was mean on social media. He really hurt my feelings. And some people they're like, you know what? It's, it's fine. They just don't know. No, it hurts my feelings. Uh And, um, and so I really had to go to the Lord and say, what, what could I have done? How could I have loved him better? How could I have shown Jesus better in this situation. And sometimes it's a, Hey, Amberly, you need to work on this. And sometimes it's a, you did as in as much as it depends on you live at peace with everyone. And you did all you could Yes, on him. And I'm going to deal with him. <laughs> I'm going to love him, um, you know, uh, as well. So I think it's, a, I think it is so hard to maneuver all that. Our daughter was bullied on TikTok. Come on. Oh. It's so crazy. She loved TikTok. She's a singer. She's done all these things. And how did I help her maneuver those things as, you know, as her mother? Um, of course, the inner mother in me, you know, I just wanted to say, well, I'm just going to sit on all those kids and they're yeah. going to stop silliness, you know, <laughs> out of their misery. That was not what Jesus had me do for the record. But it's just, you know, Judah, you know, I would say to her, Judah, who are you? Who do you know that you are? What does the scripture say about you? What do you know to be true about God? So what do you know about you? What do you know about God? Mm-hmm. And how, what do you know about how you can best love that other person? Yes. That's all you can. That's all you can do. That's the next right thing. Yes. Yes. Very wise counsel. I Thank love you. that. Um, after, after the, I'm going to sit on all those kids. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> come. It's not always my first response, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, I know. We are <laughs> yep. That kind of reminds me of, I have a funny story of my daughter, Taylor, And when she was young, like she was just kind of like a young little on fire evangelist. And I remember when she was real young, like probably grade school age, her, you know, talking to someone and saying, do you know Jesus? And they were just like, I don't know. Well, if you don't, she said, if you don't, you should. Like she was just like, truth tell. Yes, Yes. totally, totally. (laughs) Yeah, we had to go through a little bit of, you know, yes. mm-hmm. learning how to uh-huh. Agreed. love and <laughs> oh, the ways of kids. Okay, so as long as we're on the um, topic of kids here, um, it's easy to pick up on jealousy in our kids, mm. but is it easy to identify in adults and how do we maturely mend fences and overcome those feelings as grown-ups? Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our in-depth Bible study Academy. 
In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Ooh, that's a good one. Well, first of all, obviously, we look at the word jealousy, it has lousy in it. That's what it is. It is lousy to be jealous. And I think as adults, we've learned coping mechanisms to hide them. You know, kids are just so candid. Uh, I want what he has. I, I want what she has. They're, they're so candid. I think we, we as adults have learned, learned to shroud, uh, our, um, our jealousy, um, justify it. Uh, you know, but I think, um, I think one of the most profound things I've heard recently, my pastor was talking about the scripture about taking a plank out of somebody else's eye, you know, you know, take, take the plank out of your own eye, but take the speck out of the other person's eye. Mm-hmm. He said, when, he said, when was the last time you took something from somebody's eye? Somebody says, oh my gosh, I have something in my eye. Can you, can you help me? He says, what do we do when somebody asks that? First of all, we start to lower our voice. You know, we say it's okay. It'll be just fine. Like we don't escalate the situation. We try to calm them down with our voice. He says, and we get really close. You can't take something out of somebody's eye far away. So you get really close and then you are very gentle with how you remove whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he said, we need to apply that kind of practice to the way that we mend fences, that we love other people. We don't shout at them. And we certainly don't shout at them from afar and feel like we're going to make a difference. But instead, we humble ourselves and we deal with the situation, but we deal with it in a kind and loving way that we are prayed up and we handle it that way. And I just thought that is such a beautiful visual for me um, to, to be reminded when I'm asked to mend fences and to put on my big girl panties, you know, and make a difference for sure. Yes. You know, that reminds me of just something that I've really been trying to work on in in myself and just asking God to help remove this critical spirit that I have inside me. Like, I feel like um, with my husband, like I've been trying to really like, so think through what I'm going to say and think through that exact verse about the plank, get the plank out of your own eye, because I, when I, when there's something I want to critique him about, I can look back and apply it to myself. You bet. And I need to have grace. Yeah. And so I really challenge. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. That humility, you can never go wrong with humility. (laughs) You can never go wrong with humility. Yeah. It just, it's a good challenge to kind of put it through, through that lens before you speak, it'll save you a lot of trouble. Yes. Um, okay. So what can we learn about 
Moses and his siblings about working together despite our differences. Yeah. So again, this, this, um, relationship was complicated from the beginning. We meet Miriam who saves her brother, you know, typical firstborn. I I can say that me too. Little, little bossy, little pushy, but helpful. Most of the time, uh, we firstborns and she, she saves her brother, um, uh, by putting him in the little basket, following him, making sure that, um, he's safe and getting him back to his mom. Um, and so, you know, she, she is a born leader, like from the beginning, you see her leading and, and taking care of her brother that way. But then later on, she's, she and Moses sing the first worship song that we have in scripture. I mean, she leads with her tambourine. She leads, um, the nation of Israel at that time in song. She has this incredible leadership and God entrusts her with these huge things. And yet she looks at her brother and often undermines his authority um, because she feels threatened. And so um, there were consequences for that. Aaron has this incredible gifting to speak and, um, and Moses knows it. So he says, I, I can't, I'm not eloquent. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and so most uh, Aaron has this incredible gifting. And yet when the going gets tough, I mean, if you think about it, there, there are two pictures of Aaron that we have with his brother. And one is being a grumbler and joining Miriam in the grumble fest. And one is when, when Moses is in battle and has his arms raised and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the, army is winning as long as his arms are raised and his arms get tired. Well, who comes alongside him, but her, his brother-in-law and Aaron and Aaron that, you know, rises to this occasion, becomes this incredible support system, not just the mouthpiece, but this incredible support system for his brother. And that's really, to me, the kind of the heart of this is the choice that we make every day to be arm holders for other people when they're, when they're going through their battles um, to recognize, hey, people are, you know, no matter what their perp- perfect social media post stuff says, as you're as you're scrolling through and thinking, wow, they've they've got all of their act together. That is, that to me is perfection. And you think, yeah, but there's a story behind that mm-hmm. story. And so, um, choosing to come alongside them and say, do you need your arms raised? Do you need help? Can I? How can I serve? And then you have Moses, who again is. Um, feeling totally overwhelmed by his, um, by the job that God has given him mm-hmm. and, um, and listening to grumbling after grumbling. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but it's, it, I, I give so many props to Moses to putting up with those whiny um, Israelites and, you know, God let an entire generation of, of them die, the mm-hmm. grumblers before entering the promised land. And sadly, because of Moses taking those responsibilities and then taking them um, where he thought he was better than he should be and not listening to God and striking the riot rock, um, twice. Um, he didn't get to enter the promised land either. So, you know, we have three very, um, well, imperfect. We have these three imperfect leaders, which were all last time I checked imperfect. Yeah. So what can we glean from how they handled the responsibility that God gave them. And, um, and as brothers and sisters in Christ, how do we navigate that? Because we are, as soon as two or more are gathered, not only is Jesus there, but so is imperfection because we've made him, we, we are imperfect. Right. And so how do we navigate that? How do we love others and, and take the leadership God has given us and use it wisely? Yes. Awesome. Amen to that. Well, 
Let's talk a little bit about appreciating the talents and contributions of others. How can we move from seeing things as, as a competition to appreciation? Um, well, you know, um, this is so much easier said than done, right? I can give you this little wisdom, but when it comes down to it, I mean, the Bible is full of one another's, these one, the verses that have one another's in them. And we have this um, obligation and, and honor to try to live those out the best that we can. And we can't do it if we are only looking at what we contribute or um, resenting what others contribute. The apostle Paul reminds us that we are the body, right? And the body works together. And um, we are actually unwell when there are parts of the body that are uh, fighting against other parts of the body. So how do we, if you're the spleen and I'm the liver and somebody else is the finger, how do we operate together? And one of the ways is, is just recognizing the finger has a different set of goals and responsibilities and giftings. Yes. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. All of them are important. All of them are important. And so as the liver, so is filtering always the most glamorous thing to do? No, it's not. But um, the, the liver cannot do what the finger does because that would be very unhealthy. Yes. <laughs> and frankly, we don't want the finger to do what the liver does either because it, it's not designed for that. And so some of it is just recognizing how God has made us. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's key. Um, and that he doesn't make mistakes. So Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So he's, he's made us and he's made us to, to, um, to serve in these certain capacities and to feel full doing it, which is great to find joy in those things. And if we just keep our eyes on our own paper and we serve him completely and love others well, um, we then can see the contributions of others and really, you know, high five people who are doing different things. Um, Am I called to foster care? That would be a no, 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 no. But in our church, we have a ton of foster care families. And so I always say, Hey, I'm bringing a pizza over on Friday. Cause that's one way I can do foster care, right? I don't feel called to it, but that's one way that I can contribute to that and high five these people who are, you know, loving kids, um, in Jesus name for sure. Um, and really celebrating that, um, And, um, and I'm thankful for the people who come alongside and celebrate the gifts that God has given me without jealousy or frustration. They just root for my rise, knowing God's called me to do it. And so I think it takes maturity. And I think it's again, recognizing who we are and how God has made us and then asking him to help us appreciate what others bring to the table. Yes. Oh, I completely agree. And I just want to challenge um, anyone listening to this message today that if you feel like you're falling into that trap of, you know, scrolling through social media and or YouTube or whatever you're watching and, and feel like you're um, having jealousy or you wish you could do something else, take a pause and just pray and ask God, like, reveal the gifts that you've given to me because God made you perfect just the way you are and you have your own unique contributions. And so I just, I just want to challenge our audience, just kind of think about that and meditate on that and um, see if you can let some of that jealousy go. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's wasted energy. It's not that I haven't done it, but it's truly wasted energy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you have so many amazing qualities yourself. All right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, before we wrap up this section, how does looking deeper into another situation help us find common ground? Ooh, that's good. Well, again, I've already uh, shown my cards. I've already said that there is, that I'm a word nerd, but I think it's interesting that empathy, the word empathy has the word path in it. I mean, if we're going to, and I know that that means feeling, but it, again, it's also a path, a literal path um, to connecting with others. And I think um, not... Um, not looking down on somebody, but being able to recognize what they have. So in the Spanish language, um, they have this word for, I'm sorry, but this, this phrase for, I'm sorry, and it's lo siento. And it doesn't mean I'm sorry, really. It means I feel it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we miss that sometimes when in, um, in our lives, when we don't take the time to really hear somebody's stories. Hey, how you doing? Okay, great. Moving on. I mean, like we don't, we don't listen to the stories of others. We don't try to empathize with the stories of others. And um, I just want to encourage your listeners, one of the most profound sermons that any of you can preach, even if you're never given the opportunity to stand on your church's platform, one of the most profound sermons you can preach is taking time to listen. It's actually not a word. You don't have to give them the verse of the day or whatever, but truly listening to somebody is such an unusual thing these days. And when we exchange stories, we exchange heartstrings. And when we exchange heartstrings, um, we have greater connection. When we have greater connection, we're less likely to stand on uncommon ground. It doesn't mean that we don't vote differently or see scripture differently or have issues like watch the same television shows. It doesn't mean any of those things necessarily, but it does mean that we've taken the time to invest in the story of others. And that is so critical when it comes to making connections. Don't you agree? Yes, I do. And you know, what this reminds me of is uh, my mom has now passed away, but when I was old enough to look back and see some of the challenges that she faced as a younger person it really gave me empathy for maybe some things that I had challenges with her on. And I could say, okay, I, understanding where she came from, how she was treated as she was raised up and just different things that happened gave me a sense of, I can find common ground. I can, I can give this up to the Lord and say, and you know what? in our later years, we had a mended relationship before she passed away, like probably 10 years. And I'm just so thankful that, um, that that happened. And so I just too want to encourage people who, if you're struggling with thinking, well, you know, this, this service has been done to me, try to stop and and look at what they've gone through. Right. Totally. My son is a huge political nerd. He loves all things politics. And um, he has a political guy that he totally loves. And I've listened to the guy a couple of times. I mean, I'm not as interested. I'll be totally frank with you. Um, Mama, Mama ain't got time. I'm too busy making dinner. I'm not paying attention to all that stuff. But this particular gentleman will, 
he welcomes people asking questions, especially those who are opposing him. And his, the big, he starts everything with, okay, so what can we agree on? Can we agree on this? Can we agree on people are valuable? Can we agree on whatever? Mm. And I think that that's such a beautiful way to frame it. I'm not saying that I uh, necessarily agree with all of his politics, but I love that. I love that framework Mm -hmm. that you and I can, if we are having um, discord that we can say, okay, so, but what can we, what can we connect about? Can we connect on the fact if it's a brother and sister in Christ, can we connect on the fact that God is calling us to live at peace with one another? Can we connect on the fact that we're called to love each other? Can we connect on these? So that then after that, all those other things kind of seem to dissipate. I'm not saying that everybody runs off into the sunset, skipping and doing whatever. Sometimes, sometimes unity is hard. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's disappointing. Sometimes it breaks our hearts. But, um, but again, if Jesus in that scripture that I talked earlier about um, loving one another, he says, this is how people will know you're my disciples, that you love one another. And so this is not just a suggestion from Jesus. He's saying you must love one another. And um, that's serious. Like that's, that's legit. And, and what an honor that we get to be his hands and feet. And how do we do that best by serving and loving one another period? Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about the format of the lessons in your book, Common Ground and, um, what do readers do on their own? And then how does it work when you want to do it as a group? Totally. Well, first of all, I love that my publisher does Bible studies this way because I think it is kind of a choose your own adventure uh, look at Bible study. So it's a four week study. Um, and again, um, it's about 22 minutes of homework every day for five days a week. So it gives you some uh, wiggle room if your um, weekends are super busy or if your weekdays are super busy. And, um, you know, every week there is a new um, lesson to tackle. And, um, and you can absolutely do it on your own or since, especially since it's talking about finding common ground, one can also do in a group, a small group, a, you know, group of cronies that you meet at the park or whatever you can do that. And again, you can walk through that, go through them together, process things. Every book has its own questions. So you can either use them to ask yourself questions or at the back of the book, there are actually group, small group questions that you can unpack. And everybody has those so they could prepare ahead of time if that's what they like to do or not. And um, we also recorded a video that goes with these. So like many um, Bible studies, there is a video teaching that you could watch by itself if you wanted to, or they're married to these lessons so that you can use them supplementally um, at your church or in your small group at your home um, to, to come alongside the stuff that you've been learning and doing. And, uh, and I, I do those, I get to do that. So that's fun to do those, um, video teaches and, um, yeah, you can, you can, you know, buy the, um, the Bible study in all sorts of arenas at your favorite bookstore, um, at your favorite online bookstore there, there it's all over. Um, but, um, the nice thing about it is that, um, again, because it's a choose your own adventure, you can really unpack it the way you want it. Uh, want to do it. Oh, wonderful. And I completely agree. It's beautifully laid out. And what I love is that there are these familiar stories, but you've taken them to a next level. You've peeled back the layers of these relationships that quite honestly, if you're just reading through the Bible, you wouldn't have thought, thought it through to that extent. So, um, 
I want to encourage our listeners that it, it's definitely worth, worth investing the time. And if you can do it with a group, that's really awesome too, because ta- tackling some of these issues can, can be hard. Agreed. And you can talk it through with other people. That's so helpful. Agreed. And there's the accountability component if you do it as a group. You know, which is takes things again, it exercises those muscles to a new level when you're having to, when somebody says, okay, so how did you love your neighbor this week? You yes. Know? yes. And there are a lot of good challenges in there for you to like put it to work, which Agreed. that's what application has to be. We got to put it to work what we're learning here. So thank you for that. Amberly. before you go, I have just three questions to ask you and they're real quick. Okay. Um, But I love for our listeners to like learn from each of our guests about some of your favorite Bible study tools and things. So tell us about what is your favorite Bible or what Bible do you translation or what do you like to use? So I am OG for sure. And when I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home and when I was saved, the NIV version had just come out. And so I memorized my scriptures in NIV version. And so even though there are some really cool new, um, uh, versions of the Bible, I go back to that. Uh, I often read the message and although I know it's super paraphrased, Eugene Peterson did such a beautiful poetic job of looking at stuff. And sometimes um, it breathes uh, a new life, a new perspective into scripture. So I do love that as well. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. What about, what are your favorite like markers or highlighters or are you, do you have post-it notes or what do you like to do to sort of enhance your. Oh, I love that. Um, I have not, this is sad. I've never found a highlighter that doesn't like uh, besmirch the page before, you know, if you highlight it. I don't love that. So I'm definitely an underliner and I'm also a notes in my Bible. Now, my mom says when she uh, would go to um, her church as a little kid um, that you never wrote in your Bible. Oh, I love the fact that I can go back and it's almost like reliving that season in my life when I heard the sermon or this thing, the Lord really revealed this to me. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I just a regular old pen is where I go and and I write all over it. Ah, awesome. And lastly, what is your favorite website for Bible study tools? Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. Um, you know, this is boring, but the, um, the U version, um, so great. And some of my favorite authors and speakers do, little tidbits on there. My friend, Hosanna, who's an amazing poet, just um, did some stuff on there. And so I do love that because I do believe it is makes things so incredibly accessible. I have a master's degree from a Bible college, so I do know some stuff, but man, there's, there's nothing like um, being reminded uh, daily about uh, God's love for me. And so that's a good one. Awesome. I love you version too. Yeah. Amberly, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. What an honor. And thank you so much for this ministry. I hope your readers are encouraged or your listeners are encouraged. Yes. Thank you. I'm sure they will be. And for all of you who are listening, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. You can learn more about us and our beautiful prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Have a blessed day.